0: Dear President of Zambia, I hope this letter finds you well. A man will be sentenced to death on the date of this letter, I humbly request that you kill him. I wrote that letter when I still believed in such a thing as justice. What I was left with now was the grim reality that wrong is only wrong if the people with power decided to be wrong. And who cares about a mere secretary? When my father walked into the house after the verdict was given— The hollow look in his dark brown eyes, accompanied by the bags that hung from his lower eyelids, was all the proof I needed. There is no such thing as justice. He spent two hours pacing back and forth from his room to the living room, lamenting the decision of the court, failing to grasp how a man could be acquitted after clearly killing my mother. And acquitted for such an excuse as it was a mistake? How ridiculous is that, Tondo? How Tondo? My name had never been called in such close succession before in my life by my father. He said it so much, it sounded like a mantra or a witch's chant. I sat there with my pointless letter like a fool. Why did I think that I could trust this society? I gripped my skinny jeans, rage flowing through my fingertips. It was odd, female jeans were not supposed to be able to fold this much. My breath grazed against my upper lip, concealing my heavy breaths. If my father wasn't shouting on top of his voice, he probably would have thought that I had a respiratory disease. If Plan B, the letter, was rendered vain, then it was back to plan A. My memories of the incident were not exactly clear. I remembered that my parents and I, were headed to Indola from a kitchen party in Lusaka. Upon reaching the Shasamba police checkpoint, the traffic officer signaled for us to proceed. As we drove off in our ISD, there was a faint cry, stop. A loud bang followed as the back window screen shattered. The second bang made my ears sting with a loud ringing noise, and by the third bang, my dad stopped the car. I stepped out of the car, dazzled and scared. At that point, my memories got foggy. There was shouting by the officers. I couldn't make out what was being said over the ringing in my ears. The dust was choking while I lay face down on the ground. I heard my father saying something as he grabbed my arm, directing me to enter the car. I was beside myself when I got back into the car. By reflex. I made some comment to my mother in the front passenger seat but it yielded no response. I paid it no attention. Suddenly, Dad started screaming for help as he yelled insults at the officers. There was a wet mark on the back of my mum's seat. My toes were covered in water, I wondered where it came from. When I looked down, it was blood dripping from my mom's seat. That memory stuck to my brain like a parasite, or was I the parasite? Lurched on the memory like a leech the blood on my feet and my father in tears shouting at the police officers for shooting at our car, while the police officer was threatening to arrest my father without remorse. My mind was consumed by those images whenever I closed my eyes in bed every night. For a week straight, water marks spread through my bedsheets from my silent cries that preceded the shaking of my body due to the muscle tension from holding back my desire to wail in sorrow. The pain crumbled under the weight of my beautiful life gouged out from my eyes, my arms, and turned to rage with spears of agonizing pain. The rage darkened my imagination and lit it up with flames of soreness as the spears seared the flesh of my heart turning it bitter, till peace was only found in the thought of the death of that police officer, the murderer. A week and four days from the shooting, exactly eight days after my mother's burial, the trial began. I was called as a witness in the second week of the trial. It did not end well. You murdering swine, How dare you sit there looking like you did nothing wrong, were some of the words I said before I entered a frenzy with the judge and the court-martial. It just hurt so much, sitting across the man who ruined my entire life while he looked unbothered, irritated by the trial. His argument was that he received a report of a stolen IST coming from Lusaka, so he shot mistaking our car for the stolen vehicle. Pathetic excuse. After the burial, relatives from my mother's side took a number of our belongings. My father did not have the will to deal with the extended family, hence he left them to their own devices. He, however, threw himself into the arms of alcohol for comfort. Home was never the same again. At first, it just felt like an escape to soothe my grief and to block out the external turmoil, relative drama, dad's drinking. The thoughts of killing the officer produced a satisfaction that I did not want to fully acknowledge because it felt sinister, so I ignored it. However, it was a vine growing in the dark, reaching for the light that, when it reached, it consumed. Soon, concepts like truth and justice became vaguer, as relativist arguments that I learned from university began to make sense, and I needed them to make sense for what I did next. My creativity when imagining the death of the officer increased until thoughts turned to plotting, and plotting to stalking. My best friend Chansa and I spent the third week of the trial on reconnaissance, we took down every detail of how he spent his week. We knew where he lived, where he worked, how many children he had and more. I couldn't pinpoint the reason I would leave the house at 10 o'clock hours to meet up with Chansa for reconnaissance, and have him escort me back at 20 hundred hours hours despite all that was happening. Besides, Ittawa, the area I lived, was relatively safe, and it was close to Nk, the area the officer lived. When I thought about it, the reason that I settled for, the reason for my drive, was, as Shakespeare put it, if you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you wrong us, shall we not revenge? Good morning, Mrs. Bonda. Is Chansa home? I asked after the door was open to my knocking. Well, it's eight in the morning. I wonder where he would be, Mrs. Bonda responded with friendly sarcasm. Chansa. Tondo is here. She called out. Chansa's home was my second home. We had grown up together and attended the same school until I went to the University of Zambia and he went to the Copperbelt University. We went together like Lumanda and groundnuts, the best friendship I have ever had. Chansa came along on my stalking adventures to try and stop me from getting into trouble, and despite my pain, he took every opportunity to tell me how this wasn't helping me and only prolonging the healing process. I usually lashed out at him, but he accompanied me every time I called. I was scared of doing the things I was doing alone. I stood in their study room waiting for him. Why is my name written all over this paper? I teasingly asked Chansa as he walked in still in his pajamas. Don't tell me you have fallen in love with me? I mockingly asked as I laughed at him. What? I don't know what you are talking about, he said grabbing the paper, crumpling it and throwing it across the room. What are you doing here? Weren't we supposed to meet at ten? He seemed desperate to change the topic. Okay lover boy, I chuckled. I placed two medicine bottles on the table. Potassium chloride? I managed to borrow some from the hospital while one of mum's friends was occupied. It slows down the heart rate and an overdose kills. This is it, I said with such enthusiasm. Tondo, what is this? Chansa said in an octave lower than usual. His eyes widened and he dashed to close the door. Wait, hear me out. I have a plan, I shifted my backpack close to my chest, and pulled out a paper that contained my plans. My jogging time from my place to his, is roughly 45 minutes. He is, on average, home by 1800 hours hours. The house is enclosed enough for me to sneak in, make him tie his family up, and then you can tie him up. We inject his wife with the potassium chloride, and let him suffer the pain of watching the person he loves be taken away from him by someone who doesn't care. Then kill him, I folded the paper, as I looked up to Chansa with others oh, more luck." Tondo, this has gone too far. You stole medicine from the hospital, and how exactly will you make the man tie up his family? Chansa said with a heaviness in his voice, and a tone that drew rain clouds. That is why I came here. We need to borrow your father's gun, I whispered as I shrugged my shoulders and smiled awkwardly. You are really planning to go through with this huh? Chansa asked as his face went gray in fear. He took everything from me, Chansa. My mother was my whole life. For four years, she worked two jobs as a nurse so she could pay my university fees. She practically worked the whole day, but do you remember when Tawanga played me? Mum had just knocked off from work at 17 and was headed for her second job that started at 19. Tears fell from my eyes uncontrollably as my heart felt raw again. The memories scrapped against the scabs of hatred that clotted my wounds. Instead of sleeping, she came to comfort me. I said. She was my hype woman for my four years of university. I wanted to give her the world, I wiped my face as anger began to boil under my skin. Do you know what she was saying at the kitchen party the day she died? She said, hey look at that nice chitin's dress. I will make one like that for your graduation in three months, I paused with a heavy sigh. Now you tell me chansa, how exactly have I gone too far? I sniffed and coughed to clear my nose and throat. My eyes were red as a cool breeze blew against my heart, the sense of relief reminded me that I hadn't cried in a while. All my pain was channeled to my revenge. I can't help you any more Tondo. This hatred is only destroying you. The fact that you are willing to kill his wife, a woman who had nothing to do with this, shows you that you have let it devour you. Your mother wouldn't want this, Chansa tried to reason with me, as he spoke softly. Well, she is not here, is she? No, he didn't care when he stole her life, I exclaimed as the memory of his face in court flashed before my eyes. Just give me the gun, if you don't want to help me. I can do it myself. No Tondo. I know this will be hard, but you need to forgive him, not for his sake but for yours. Even if you kill him, your mother won't return. The hole inside you will still be there. I know this sounds harsh, but it is the reality. You need to focus on healing. Please, I beg you. Those were the last words I could take from Chansa. The only person I thought understood my pain had abandoned me. The verdict is being given today. Justice will prevail and he will get what he deserves. I wasn't having any of that from Chansa. I packed the paper and the potassium chloride in my bag and quickly walked out of his house. I was fortunate enough to not have met his mother, I didn't want to be rude to her. Chansa tried calling me back, but immediately I left the house, I ran. I ran like I could get away from everything all my pain and anger. I just wanted everything to stop. I just wanted my mother. The tears poured down my face, covering my face like a waterfall. My thoughts were so loud I could hear nothing else. I got into the house and realized I couldn't go through with my plan without Chansa. I never wanted to admit it but I was scared, and this made me feel worse because I thought, who will avenge my mother if not me? When I arrived home, my father wasn't back yet from the trial. Maybe the officer will be punished as Chansa said. So I pulled out a piece of paper and began to write my letter to the President, Dear President of Zambia, I hope this letter finds you well. A man will be sentenced to death on the date of this letter, I humbly request that you kill him. At least I wasn't a complete coward. That officer deserved nothing but the death sentence. But when my father came home and told me that he was acquitted, I felt betrayed by Zambia. There really wasn't such a thing called justice. Chansa, you liar. And do you know what he said after the case? He said if he had to make the decision again to shot at the car, he still would because it was his job. It is just unfortunate some lady passed on, when my dad said these words, my fear stepped out, for not even it was going to stop me from ending that man's existence. That evening, I strapped my black boots on, tucked in my black sweatshirt into my black jeggings. I placed a kitchen knife in my bag and left the house. The sight of my dad drunk and passed out on the couch as I left only drove my desire for revenge. Just his slit throat or punctured heart and everything will be okay again. I thought as I jogged in. The closer I got to the house, the more I rehearsed what I would do in succession. It seemed the only logical thing that could be done was knock at the door and stab him immediately he answered the door. With no gun, I couldn't use the potassium chloride? It is only right that true justice meets the officer on the day that he was acquitted for a crime he committed. Not a day later. As I approached the yard, I heard sounds of laughter. It was dark but I managed to peep through the spaces in the wooden bush fence. His youngest daughter was playing with her mother. She was so happy as her mother tickled her and chased after her, while the man I came to kill sat close. What am I doing? Is this what I have become? A picture of my mother looking at me smiling popped up in my head. Tears began to roll down my face as my chest got tight, strength slowly left my arms and legs, as a deep sadness flowed through my body. As I turned away from that sight back to the road, in the distance, stood Chansa. My heart shattered, and I immediately ran to him as I wept with every tear in me. It isn't fair, why does he get to be happy? He killed her Chansa, he killed her. You said he would be punished. I still need her. Please, I need her. I hopelessly cried while Chansa tried to hold me up, I just wanted to die. We will get through this Tondo. I am here, Chansa said as he held me tight. I didn't like it but the only way I could move on was by forgiving the man who took my mother from me, so I could heal and be the woman my mother wanted me to be. Oh, the irony. The end.